0: Please welcome Kenny Ladmore and our discussion is moderated today by Nautica de la Cruz.
1: Hey, thank you so much, very much.
2: Nice. Thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you, love you back. <laughs>
2: Well, I want to welcome everyone. I'll start off. I want to welcome everyone to the Santa Monica Third Street Promenade um, Apple Store. My name is Nautica De La Cruz from 102.3 Radio Free KJLH. It's a radio station owned by Stevie Wonder. So isn't it great Stevie Wonder is my boss, and I'm sitting next to Kenny Lattimore. I'm just surrounded by artists. So today we have an R&B singer, songwriter, producer, actor, father, and Grammy-nominated Kenny Lattimore. It's nice. it's nice to see a, a wonderful, wonderful crowd. Now, Kenny, I know you have a brand new album that's dropping two days before my birthday, I must add. Uh, so, okay. September 18th. Yes. Back to Cool. Back to Cool. It's been a minute that you, since uh, you've had your last album. And uh, tell us about this new release and who, who are you working with on this, on this album? This who, particular Who are you scene. co-hosting with or, or duets?
1: Uh, Back to Cool was, uh, was something I started working on about three years ago because it has been quite a while since I did a, an original album. Uh, I've done a lot of remakes, done a lot of classic songs from the Beatles to Elton John to Al Green to Donny Hathaway. Right. And uh, one thing that I, I'm, I'm very happy about, uh, particularly uh, in terms of duets, is I, I got a chance to duet with Donny Hathaway's daughter, Layla, oh, on this talent. CD.
2: Good talent. And
1: uh, Amazing talent. And uh, we decided to do a song that was very reminiscent of her father. um, A very traditional R&B, very soulful song. But um, the album is full of lyrics that tell a story about a guy whose relationship didn't work out. Mm -hmm. But it takes you through the journey of him getting back to being okay himself and being open to love again. And uh, it, the, the album ends with a song called Built to Last that was written by uh, Tiwa Savage, who uh, is an incredible writer out of Nigeria. She's the biggest female artist there. Oh. And uh, Rich King. And my, my creative producer for this album is J.R. Hudson. He's done tons of, of hit records from Music Soul Child to Jill Scott. Just amazing stuff. And his father, this mm-hmm. is crazy right here, J.R.'s father is Leon Hudson another legendary R&B artist. Wow. And he and Donnie Hathaway were actually roommates at Howard University back in the day. Isn't that crazy? It
2: all ties so together. So it's like this
1: whole family came together and uh, we got a chance to, to really work and it was like, um, it was a different kind of spirit. Sometimes people come in and they, you know, it's one thing to try to give your best, but it's something different when you have a passion and, uh, and you just extend that passion and it just organically oozes out, you know? Mm-hmm. So very proud of this album.
2: How much, do you, how much of your music do you write?
1: Um, normally, uh, I am a Sony writer, so I used to do about half of the CDs. Okay. But um, on this one, I wanted to showcase some new writers and, uh, and give some other opportunities. I'm, I'm really all about that, trying to, to, to give back. And uh, I think when you're giving back, you actually learn a lot more. Okay. And uh, I did write uh, on four of the songs uh, out of ten for the CD, though.
2: When you sit down and you're writing a song, what, what inspires you? Is it your, your relationship? We all know you're married to Shantae Moore, the beautiful Shantae Moore. Is it being, <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it fatherhood? What inspires you to write such beautiful melodies and such beautiful songs?
1: You know, what? It's, it's probably a combination of, uh, of life experience okay. and um, identifying with the human experience in general because what i really am embracing now uh well let me go back a lot of times when we're creating we artists can be kind of self-indulgent because we feel like oh this is about me this is about my story and my growth and and what i want to say but in this one thank you thank you but in in this one I, i really felt like i wanted to communicate and i felt like what is the purpose really okay and I felt like God gave me a, 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 an idea and a glimpse into my musical purpose, and that was to speak to the hearts of women and the minds of men, and to encourage us in love and in our relationships and in life. So with that being said, it's a combination of identifying with just different experiences and feeling like, you know, I could sing about something that maybe I didn't even go through, but if I identify with it, I can still interpret it, and it will be something that touches the hearts of people.
2: I see. And when you when you sit down and you write these songs, do you think about anyone in particular? I know you said sometimes they're not your situations, but do you sometimes sit down? Sometimes
1: they and, have been. Okay. <laughs> I just have not uh, been one to say the entire CD is about my personal life. Ah, uh, see. Back to Cool is not autobiographical. Anything okay. to that degree? Um, it's not your memoir. It's not my memoirs. No. <laughs> And uh, but I have done that before, okay. But this is what's scary about doing things like that you write a song and it's about your worst moments and your heartbreak, it becomes a hit song, and you've got to sing it for the rest of your life. Aww. <laughs> And and it's like you have to relive it over and over and over again. You never want to do that. It's like, ah, no. Okay,
2: so let's talk about one of my favorite songs, and you guys probably know this. One of your first hits was Never Too Busy.
1: Oh, okay, yeah, Never Too Busy.
2: Now, were were you never too busy for someone at that time (laughs) in your life?
1: Actually, that song was written by Kipper Jones. Okay. And when he wrote the lyric, I was like, never too busy, never too busy. And I was like, hmm. What I really liked about it was the fact that he was saying, I've got things on my mind, taking my time, but I'm not too busy. I am busy, but never too busy. Because I thought about, you know, if you're a businessman, if you're a businesswoman, and there are things going on in your life, the reality is, you're yeah, juggling that is like really crazy. You have to almost, you have to have a certain type of respect for that part of the human experience that we're in a day and age, it's fast paced, things are going on, and, um, but we have to stop and think about the quality of life and the memories and say, you know, but I won't be too busy where we're not living. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we work to make money to enhance our lives and to make uh, our lives better. But if we're not living it, then it doesn't make sense.
2: That's true. Well, like they say, you could have all the money in the world, but you can't be happy.
1: That's right. That's you're just,
2: right. just debt free.
1: Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> debt free. Which is a nice place to be, too.
2: You know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and speaking about life, you know, <clears throat> being married and being a father, how do you balance all this out? How do you balance traveling? How do you balance working together with, with also being the man of the house?
1: You know what, um, I, don't, I don't think I did that very well. Okay. Uh, and I'll just be honest, I, I, I tried and I, I um, have been very ambitious, particularly about business. And this is something, uh, maybe it's a difference between men and women mm-hmm. and how we approach life. But men take on this thing about work and responsibility and sometimes it becomes so heavy Because we have this thing to live up to, that I'm taking care of you, I'm taking care of you, I'm taking care of business. And you find extremes, you know, everybody's not the same. You find the guys that could care less, Mm -hmm. and then you find the guys that are like, no, this is my responsibility. And when we take on that responsibility, sometimes we get engrossed in it because we're not great multitaskers like women. Women.
2: (laughs) We got more skills.
1: You got, you know, you do. You got more skills, so.
2: It's either that or we got more hands.
1: I don't know which one it is. (laughs) Is it more hands? Maybe. I don't know. No, I think it's skills. I think it's skills. But what happens is, uh, even for me, and I'm just being truthful, um, I was imbalanced for a really long time because I didn't know how to juggle it all. And I was a lot of times operating in businesses that I I was familiar with business. I always had my management company and all that, and now I have my own record label. But the process of learning how to run it was pretty overwhelming for me, and I thought I was good. But it took me a lot longer to understand that process and juggle it. But what I do know in hindsight is that you still have to take breaks from it all. You have to put a cap on it. So if I'm working for myself... I may work at like a 9 to 5, and when 5 comes, shut it off. Shut it off because people will respect you for that, and they'll, and they'll give you that space, and they'll say, okay, yep, okay, we're not, we're not doing that anymore. We're, we're going to stop. Um, the music industry is like a 24-hour business, though. Yes. A lot of your calls you get in the middle of the night. <laughs> you get calls from people because they're on different coasts, in different countries. So somebody might call at 5 in the morning from Africa, and you're like, why is somebody calling me at 5 in the morning? But this is the hour in which they can talk business. So it's almost like you have to be on at all times. So it's difficult. It's a difficult juggle.
2: Let's talk about, you were saying about having your own business. You are, uh, have your own record label, mm-hmm. Sincere Soul Records. Yes. Uh, and EMI Label Services. Since you have started your business, and I know some of us want to be entrepreneurs or like to get into the industry, what can you tell us about the struggles, the pros, and the cons?
1: That you have to be passionate. You've got to be really passionate. A lot of people say they want to be singers, just in general. One, you are a brand. Even if you're not a singer, if you're a business person, you are a brand. When you walk out the door, somebody looks at you and they look at everything that you do, from the shoes that you wear, from the hairstyle that you have, to the glasses on your face, and you become identified with certain products, and you become identified with certain behavior. You get identified with you know, whatever your ideals are and the things that you speak out of your mouth. So the first thing you have to do is really be passionate about what you take on, particularly in business, because if you're not, it can burn you out. Now, sometimes there are things that you learn mm-hmm. just by taking on a new venture or what have you. Oh, I'm going to try this, and that's cool too. Or you may not have it all figured out because most of us don't have it all figured out. I still don't have it figured out. As much as God opens a door... And I walk through it <laughs> and I just say, you know what, I'm going to try this. And um, if it begins to blossom into something that, um, that, that makes sense, okay. then I, I kind of go with it. I keep rolling with it and I just, I just pray and I'm like, you know, let, let me see where this ends. But in addition, you want to respect what you do. You want to respect it as a business and be professional and, and, and give your best to whatever that thing is. Uh, you want to learn as much about, it. I tell kids, I do a lot of mentoring. Okay. And uh, I'm big about staying in school. And, and staying in school is not just elementary through high school or even just going to college. It's all of that. And then it's connecting to mentors for yourself. Connecting to people who know more than you that can, can teach you and, uh, and, and share things with you so that you'll just become better.
2: Okay. Now I know that um, this is going to be on the internet, and we probably have some people who are listening and that are inspired. What can you tell us about being an artist in this time of of, of now versus mm-hmm. you know 20, Before. 30 years ago?
1: You know, 20, 20 years ago, there was so much money that was thrown at us as artists. It was, it was so much fun. <laughs> it was He's so much honest. fun. That I, I, I mean, we. If I was going to an award show. It was just, money. oh, what do you want to wear? Let's go shopping. Let's do whatever. And it was all the, what we thought. It was all the label taking care of us. And what we didn't realize is that actually we were already a brand and a business. Mm-hmm. And um, I was racking up this bill. <laughs> but there was no fear about it okay. in the 80s or the 90s. There was no fear about it. We didn't see an end to uh, the spending that it was going to take to market and act. Because that's what it took. It takes a lot of support and when you give a lot of financial support to launch a career. And now we're in a day and age where you kind of have to do a lot of things yourself. Yes. You have to come to the party with something established. And um, I think it's a, it's a good check for everybody, though. It's a reality check, again, about what you're really passionate about. What are you going to do for yourself? Before someone invests in you, will you invest in your own brand and your own product? And um, I have to say that I did not necessarily want a record label. That was not one of my dreams. You know how you have that list and you're like, before I'm such and such age, I want to accomplish this and this and this and this and this and then you had a bucket list later. (laughs) But for me, it was like born out of necessity, a label because I wanted to make sure that my music stayed alive and what I love the most is to sing. I love, I love absolutely passionately singing and um, in order for me to do that and continue to make a living, it was about me taking a different approach. And uh, I had a lot of friends that gave me reality checks, accountability checks, so that I would think differently. I would think outside of the box about what the next move was going to be. And uh, and that's when I made some calls to uh, EMI Label Services, and it was just a blessing that they embraced me, and they believed in what I was doing. But you know what? You have to first believe in what you're doing. You've got to first believe it. I was able to walk in with music. I was able to walk in with a video. I was able to walk in with artwork. I was able to. That, that's how I started out. I didn't wait until I got there and then they say, "Yeah, we want to do business with you," and then start. I started first. It's like start now. And when you start now and you walk through the door, you're prepared, you're ready for the opportunity that is in front of you.
2: Okay. And for someone who wants to be an artist now and can't get on, you know, the J Records, the Sony Columbia's, how, how can they promote themselves? Well, you know, you, you have remarkable stories, you know, in a, in a comparison way. Like, you know, uh, Justin Bieber was discovered by Usher on YouTube, right. you know, and I saw the movie. <laughs> but what are the ways with where artists can, can show their music if they can't, if, if a record label will not give them the, the love or get them signed?
1: Um, you know what? It really is, is about that Justin Bieber way. It is about using every resource that you have. And the Internet has become a very powerful and positive resource for independent artists mm-hmm. um and i've been at major labels like forever so it's been difficult for me transitioning over but as i do the transition and i realize that oh i didn't have to pay somebody thousands of dollars to do x y and z to film me and and put me in front of a, a, an audience i can hold up my iphone right <laughs> <laughs> And I can, I can film myself and I can sing here and I can, sing, and I can actually put it on and it'll be on with, with the likes of television audience mm-hmm. uh, numbers tonight if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. That's a very powerful thing. So um, I think that that has evened the playing field quite a bit. Now there's always going to be still marketing dollars that are going to be thrown at projects where people are going to have opportunities that other people are not going to have. So if you're starting out, the best thing I say, and this is a, a personal thing for me because there's, there's a biblical quote that talks about despising not the day of small beginnings. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what people do is they get caught up in what they think they should be accomplishing, and they think about comparing themselves to Usher or to Justin Bieber, and you can't really start that way. Just start, start and do something to begin the foundation for your career. And don't be afraid to tell everybody, don't be afraid to stand in front of everybody. There are people that are singing right out here on the Third Street Promenade right now. That's right. Whether you think they're good or not, guess what? They're there and you're listening to them when they go by and when you go by. If they were amazing and they had some CDs out there, you might just buy and hey, now we got a business. We've got a business going. It's just as simple as that. It's about taking the opportunities that are available and then allowing yourself to get exposure so that you can take that to another level.
2: Thank you. Kenny Lattimore, we want to remind our audience that your album will be out in store September 18th. Back yes. to cool. We're also going to open for discussion, but before we open for discussion, um, we want to follow you on Twitter so people can tweet. At and Kenny Lattimore. Okay, that's two Ts, right? Two Ts. That's right. At Kenny Lattimore and uh, Facebook and... Official website. Kenny Lattimore Official. At, on
1: Facebook. And uh, we had some imposters out there, you know.
2: Oh, okay. And,
1: uh, <laughs> but uh, KennyLattimore.com, all things Kenny Lattimore. is at KennyLattimore.com. And uh, you can get my tour schedule and, yep, my Twitter link, my Facebook link, everything. KennyLattimore.com.
2: We'd like to open the platform for discussion. Anyone would like to come and ask a question to Kenny Lattimore, um, please feel free. Don't be shy. Our bite and our bark are very, 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 very gentle.
1: Yes. Yeah. Any questions?
2: Any questions whatsoever. I see someone coming. Yes. (laughs)
0: Hey Kenny, how are you hey, doing? I'm doing well. This Excellent. is a huge, huge thrill for me. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Me too. I first uh, I got turned on to your music in 1996, and uh, I was in college, and I heard this song um, "For You," and I think some people here have heard that beautiful heard that song, right? <laughs> Thank you. And uh, I was just really struck by the the beauty of that song, uh, and also your ability, um, mm. smooth, soulful voice, you know. So I give you props on that. But I heard that song, and I was thinking, you know, one day, when I meet the one, uh. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk down the aisle, and we're gonna have that song at our wedding day. Wow. And that's my wife right there, Jasmine. Jasmine! Oh. Uh, two years.
2: Nice. We're expecting
0: our uh, first child, uh, oh, Joshua, in two weeks. Wow. Um, congratulations. Um, wow. Oh, okay, so th- wow. that's a little background on my question. My question is, uh, knowing that I'm sure I'm not the only man, only only couple here that um, has had that song or one of your songs played at probably their most important um, day of their life. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you as an artist, wow. knowing that you had that kind of impact on people? It is, um, wow. It, it's definitely
1: a tremendous honor because to have a song that someone associates with a wedding like that, that means that I'm kind of ingrained into their family and their lives forever and uh it it is just a tremendous honor and um I, wow that's, that's the only thing i could say is because I, I get the i get the magnitude of it i i totally get the magnitude of it because we think of music in general i know the songs that i listened to as a child and and i go wow you know remember when i, I first heard this it takes you back where you remember who you were with, what you were doing, where you were, you know, so many different things come like photographic memory. But then when you actually attach it to a special day like that, um, yeah, it makes me feel like I'm even more connected to you. Like we, mm-hmm. oh, thank you. So it's like we may not have met physically before, but that, then we have at the same time, you know? So I appreciate you for that. Thank you. So much. Thank
2: you. You're very welcome.
1: Congratulations. Now, now, let me say something about he and his wife. They, he told me the name of the child and all this other stuff. Now, that's preparation, right? So he's passionate. They are passionate about what they're passionate about, and that's their family. That's right. So that's the kind of passion that you have to have to make it in this industry. You've got to be passionate enough to think oh. ahead of it, even though we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You have to at least have that kind of um, uh, thinking and that way and, and approach to life to be ready for
0: it. Hello, Kenny. My name's Randy Lopez. And, um, Hi, Randy. My question is, when you first heard your song, Never Too Busy, that was the first single, where were you when you heard it on the radio for the first time?
3: Woo.
1: Do you remember that's that? That's a good one. I think I was in New York, and um, I was living in New York, actually, and it was a, a transition going on when I uh, put the first uh, CD out. And... I just know that I'm the type of person when I get in, it usually happens in the car, and that's what it was for me. The, the representatives were like driving me around as we were promoting, and it was one of those moments where they were like, oh, they're playing a song, okay. And you kind of get silent, you kind of just stop, <laughs> right? <laughs> and when you stop and listen, unfortunately for artists, we actually analyze it. We don't even, it's hard to, to just take it in and live in that moment, it's very difficult. Because we start to criticize it, and we start picking it apart, and then it reminds us, oh yeah, when I was singing that line, this is what was happening, and, and you're wondering what everybody else is thinking. You know, it, it, it's kind of overwhelming. But in a, in a, so it's like a bittersweet kind of thing. You know, bitter in the fact that you, you analyze yourself to death. But at the same time, the sweet part is, I did sit there and go, that's me. That's me. I remember, that. that's really my song. So <laughs> thank you Kenny thank you thank I appreciate you. it thank
2: you so much we want to take one more is that okay one more Okay.
1: don't be shy okay, alright here, here we, we go. go
2: Hi, uh, my
3: name
1: is Kazra how you doing um, Kazra
3: who's the most significant person that's kind of like taught you or who have you learned from the most mm. and why
1: and why um, in the, as a famous person in the industry I would have to say I'm Charlie Wilson from the Gap Band love him Charlie Wilson was the first famous producer that I ever worked with. He and his brother Ronnie, and uh, it was really cool because I was like, "Wow, I'm working with this Gap Band," and you know they're coming in. And and in terms of influence, I was a young kid coming out, and I was trying to figure out who I was and you know what I was going to sound like. And my mother had just passed, and I was working on this CD. I was from DC coming out to LA and um, out here, it was like a dream in a way, but at the same time, there was some sadness. There was a lot of emotion going on, but the way that they handled me through that period was really special. And for me to see another artist show the compassion that he and his brother showed me, number one, resonated tremendously. And then number two, I'll never forget being in the studio with Charlie Wilson Listening to him sing and I was like, Lord, this man can sing so well, I don't even know. I'm not worthy. I'm not worth. I mean, he was doing some stuff that I, and because they a lot of times a producer will tell you, Well sing this, and he'd do these incredible riffs and, oh, 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 and it was all these it was like, Oh and I was like, I can't do that, I can't you know. And he stopped for a minute and he embraced me and began to affirm me and tell me I like your sound. I needed him to say that to me as a kid. I like your voice because you have your own unique voice. For Charlie Wilson to tell me that, what? Mr. Burn Rubber on me? (laughs) Yearning for your love? I needed that. And it was a tremendous moment in my life, and I'll never forget it. But I I could tell you stories like on and on and on so many people in my family, um, Stevie Wonder. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh, another one. I was in South Africa, Mm. and I'll never forget, I got off the airplane and um in South Africa my audiences are humongous, humongous. Like I do stadiums of people there. And um but I didn't know. It was my, my first time landing there. And uh when I got off the plane, somebody said, Stevie's here to see you, Stevie wants to see you, and I was like, Stevie? Stevie who? You know, Stevie Wonder, like my my all-time favorite, like ever, ever, ever. And uh Again, you're talking about legendary people like Charlie Wilson, Stevie Wonder, Shaka Khan, who I loved, oh my gosh, embracing me and saying that they liked what I did. That kind of validation. Clive Davis. Oh, oh my gosh, I've had some of the most amazing people uh, just pay compliments. Some of that, you never know. So that's, And this is really for everybody. It doesn't, you don't have to be a famous person. When you go out into this world and you are, are sharing anything with anybody, you never know the influence that your words have. Just like you could tell somebody, you know what? You need to go start on over again because you ain't all that. <laughs> you know, it could, it could actually destroy somebody. And I've had ugly things said. And that's, the, that's the nasty part about the Internet and all that. You, you have the, the, the extremes uh, that are positive, and then you have the extremes that are negative. So this is a business where you have to have tough skin, because people will make up stories about you and start rumors and it's very difficult to chase them down. I don't try to chase rumors down, but what happens when you speak life into somebody, it really does breed a, a birth of life in them and then to see it, a lot of times it comes back years later that somebody will come up to you. If you've ever done that, just speak positive things to people, speaking positive, somebody will come to you just like you did to me today. What you said to me today influenced me tremendously because then it says, you know, Kenny, it's okay. What you're doing is right, and just to continue to do it. But it takes all of you pouring into me to keep me going as well. Thank you.
2: There you go. Kenny's going to take this time to sit here and sing for you. So this is a moment you must enjoy. And um, so I just want to say thank you very much, and let's enjoy his music.
1: And please give Nautica... A hand, wonderful, lovely,
2: beautiful.
3: <laughs> you have my attention. Anything you need at all, I'll be there when you call me. Things on my mind, but I'm taking my time. I'm, I'm not too busy, boy i'm not too busy if you're feeling alone pick up a phone and just call i ability, anything you want of me. Nothing is impossible for you. There are no words or ways to show my love or all the thoughts I'm thinking of. Cause this life